0: Good evening and welcome to This Week in Football from the makers of Low Limit Football. I am Joe Ucello and tonight I am joined as always by my co-host Mr. Roberto Rojas and our special guest from Mundo Albi Celeste, Roy Neymar, who is joining us as well to break down the 2020 Copa America as it kicks off on Sunday finally. Gentlemen, thank you both for joining me here tonight. Roy, I'm going to start out with a question to you because this this tournament has really taken a, a lot of turns. We are now going to be in Brazil uh for the start of this tournament which kicks off on Sunday. But this or, this tournament originally was going to be Colombia Argentina, then it was moved strictly to Argentina due to COVID reasons. From Argentina it was moved to Brazil for COVID reasons which didn't make much sense. And now uh we have even uh, at the time of this recording today we have the Brazilian Supreme Court basically ratifying the decision to hold the tournament. So it looks like we're all, you know, going ahead and moving forward with the tournament. But I'd like your thoughts on how we got here. Where where this whole process went from going to two countries to one country to a different country and now we finally have a scheduled Copa America. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, first off, thank you guys for having me. Uh, always a pleasure. And uh, to answer your question, I mean how long how long do you have? It's uh
0: <laughs> We got forever. <laughs>
1: like the, yeah. <laughs> No, look. It's um, obviously it was supposed to be held last year, right? Co-hosts Argentina and, and Colombia. It wasn't held last year, and that's fine. That's cool. You know, I don't think anyone could blame Conmebol or, or any of the federations in terms of oh, why wasn't it held last year? But they kind of had a year to you know get their stuff together, and you know they, they weren't able to for whatever reason. Obviously, South America, and this is not like a football thing. It's just like a government. It's a life thing, right? It's just it's not happening right now. South America is you know very very affected by COVID more than probably other parts of the world. And then at one point it's like, okay, well, Colombia, the thing with Colombia is it's not just COVID, right? They have a big issue going on there outside of COVID. And then when it was not Colombia, like, okay, well, it's going to be Argentina. And they're like, okay. So as a fan, selfish, like from a selfish point of view, I'm like, this is cool. This is good. Like I want Argentina as the only host because the final was not going to be at the Monumental. It was going to be played in Colombia. So like, this is good. But from a human point of view, I'm like, is it really the best idea to hold, you know, Copa America? And then obviously the, the Argentine government, I guess, felt the same way, uh, not only as I did, but obviously several others. Uh, like there was even a poll um, where in Argentina they, they asked, uh, I think it was over a thousand people, and 70% of them said, we do not want the Copa America plate in our country. So the government obviously felt the same way. And then CONMEBOL were kind of stuck in a way where they're like, OK, well, Colombia is not doing it. Argentina's not doing it. They don't want to hold it in the United States, despite the fact that that was an option. Uh, for whatever reason, Commonwealth didn't want to hold it there from you know what was being reported and what was being rumored. And then, you know, they're kind of out of options because, like, well, is it going to be Chile? Is it going to be Paraguay at one point or maybe even Peru? And then up stepped the savior of South America, uh, the, South, the the Brazilian government, uh, who's, you know, I'm not going to go into detail of, but... Obviously, they're not doing very well with Covid, but and they're like, well, you know what? we'll host it. Uh, that's cool. We, you know we had it two years ago prior to Covid. We could do it now during Covid, and it's not an issue. We have everything under control. And the whole thing is it's at the end of the day, it's money, right? This sport, just like any other sport, it's all about money. it's a business. And every federation stands to lose ten million dollars um or sorry, four million dollars in the winter, ten million dollars if they don't um participate in the Copa America. So every federation needs the money. No one really had the guts to kind of say, well, we're going to hold it except for Brazil. Commonwealth said, perfect, we need the money as well, sponsors, sponsorships, all that stuff. And Brazil kind of made them an offer that, I'm not going to say they couldn't refuse, but, you know, Commonwealth's backs were against the wall. And now we find ourselves with the Copa America finally being hosted in Brazil. And then, you know, it was announced, yeah, we're going to hold it. And then the next day, you know, the 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 city of rio came on like well we're not even sure if we could even host games we're not really prepared and then rumors back and forth for, for about a week you know are they going to host it they're not going to host it and then as you mentioned the brazilian uh, supreme court finally voted just what i guess the results came out less than an hour prior to us recording this now saying oh no it's, it's official brazil's going to host it and it's um it's been a roller coaster of emotions it's been a roller coaster of news it's been it's been hectic. It's been South America. It's been CONMEBOL. If, if, for anyone that follows CONMEBOL, this cannot be a big, big surprise. But uh, this is ultimately how we got here. It's been it's been crazy.
2: It's the wild, wild west, basically, of international football. Anything goes. <laughs> so it's uh, it's been quite weird to see this. And And I wanted to go back to your point about the United States. And, you know, before we get into the actual football that we'll talk about, Roy, I mean, you know, that was one of the suggested possible replacement hosts. Um, And it kind of made sense at the time because it felt like, okay, you know, they've hosted the tournament before, they have the stadiums, they have the fans. I think that was one of the big factors as well that Commonwealth really wanted from a financial point of view is to have people go to the games. And obviously that's uh, in part to the successful vaccine um, program of what's going on over there in the United States. But there had been rumors of suggesting that, you know, they wanted to maintain their tournament in South America, even big rumors saying that there were like big you know, huge Commonwealth officials that couldn't even go to the United States. So I just wanted to ask, you know, why you think they didn't want to go for the United States, given the fact that they had the facilities and, you know, the the tools necessary to host such a tournament?
1: That's a very good question. Uh, I think it's down to the fact that they probably didn't have much time to to kind of plan it in the United States. It's probably a bit of two things, probably the, the time, like I just mentioned, and maybe some, dare I say, some pride. Dare I say it, they probably said, you know what, we probably got humiliated, although they probably don't care, but we probably got humiliated a couple of years ago when we had the Copa Libertadores being held in Madrid, Spain, of all places. And they're like, well, you know what, maybe it's not the best idea to have the Copa America, the South American Cup being played in North America. So it was probably a bit of pride, probably a bit of, uh, you know, no no time whatsoever, you know, to plan this in a week or two weeks. And then, then at the same time, they have the Gold Cup. Uh, CONCACAF has the Gold Cup as well, and maybe CONCACAF had a saying in it as well. Maybe CONCACAF said, "Look, we have our own tournament. We don't want our tournament to be overshadowed by South America because, you know, all due respect to to CONCACAF and all the nations, you know, there, but you can't really compare the the you know the 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 two tournaments, so to speak, you know, the, the Copa America and the Gold Cup. So they probably didn't want that overshadowed. And then with the Gold Cup having the cities that aren't hosting the Gold Cup and everything, so I think it was just a bit of a mess and was very last second for South America to really go and host it in uh, in the United States.
2: They really wanted a simple approach to a really complicated uh, situation. So yeah, it kind of makes sense in a way now, obviously focusing on the what's going on on the pitch and what we'll be focusing on into the two groups. I start with group a Obviously, group a is the South zone of this tournament. It's a unique format that we're having for this specific Copa America, two groups of five teams Um, Obviously, the 10 participating teams in South America now being separated by zones, in this case, uh, the South Cone and the North Cone. Argentina, Bolivia, Uruguay, Chile, and Paraguay head the South Zone. Obviously, I think heading into this group, Roy, I mean, you know, what more can be said about Argentina? I mean, obviously now it's been 28 years since their last Copa America title. I think a lot of pressure is going to be on again on Lionel Messi. But, you know, I think even then you look at a young side that Scaloni has kind of gotten into this team. Um, you know, you see a lot of really good youngsters on this side that I think, you know, for what it's worth, they are stacked. But at the same time, and this is obviously dependent on what we see on the pitch. And maybe if we're going to see a repeat what happened in the World Cup qualifiers or in the Copa America, you don't know what to expect from them. And looking at this group, it is tough when you look at it. Uruguay, obviously a tough team to face when you have the likes of Luis Suarez and Edson Cavani on form. Tavares knows what that kind of team that he has because he's been so accustomed to it. Chile, you know, a a team that had uh, obviously won the Copa America beforehand has given Argentina a lot of headaches in the past. Paraguay as well have been also one of those like surprise teams that can kind of shock you. And even Bolivia to an extent, okay, maybe they don't have the good record in this tournament, but they can do something. So I just want your thoughts, not just from an Argentina standpoint, Roy, but just like how you assess this group and what do you think favors which team uh, heading into all these games?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's not an easy group. Uh, it's not an easy group whatsoever. Uh, if you look at it, uh, obviously 2019 aside, well, you have the 2016 and 2015 finalists, Argentina and Chile, in the group. And then if you look at 2011, the final there was, I mean, you know this very well, Roberto, it's Paraguay and, and Uruguay, right? That was the final as well. So you kind of have the last finalists, aside from last year's edition, or two years, the, the last edition, sorry, all in the same group. It's a stacked group. That one with Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, Paraguay, Uruguay, that is, in my opinion, uh, the, more, the more difficult group. Uh, in the tournament, the much more difficult group even. Uh, Bolivia is the only one that's kind of, you know, as you mentioned, let's say the the weaker side, so to speak, if there is even a weak side in South America. But, you know, obviously it's a game, 90 minutes, you never know what could happen, an upset, a goal here, a goal there, who knows, it's going to be difficult. Um, the one thing I would say that from an Argentine point of view <clears throat> is the the simple fact that none of the teams in our group are actually... Doing very very well in terms of form. You know, Uruguay is not firing on all cylinders. Paraguay's kind of been hit or miss a little bit. Chile hasn't been doing too well. Bolivia's Bolivia, and even Argentina. I mean, Argentina drew the last two matches, but that probably had more to do with them kind of giving the the you know the match away, the points away, rather than them actually you know getting outplayed. But Argentina's problem is they can't seem to finish off teams. They'll score first, and they get then they concede. So it's going to be a very difficult match, obviously, for Argentina, the, the opening match on Mondays versus Chile, who they just faced literally a week ago last Thursday in a 1-1 draw. And none of the teams are really firing on all cylinders except for, I guess, maybe Brazil in the, in the entire tournament. So it's going to be tough. I'm definitely hoping, obviously, Argentina make it through. I, I, I hope they do. Uh, but it's it's not going to be easy by any means. And uh, to, sorry, just to add, like, one more thing. You mentioned the pressure is going to be on Messi. It, absolutely. And ultimately, if the team doesn't win, like Messi, Argentina can make the final, Messi could score five goals and lose 6-5, and the pressure will will still be on Messi and the blame will still be thrown on Messi. And unfortunately, it's just the way it is.
2: Now, uh, Joe, going back into this, and that's actually a really good point that I, I just realized, you know, you have former champions, former finalists in this group, which, you know, makes it very tough in itself. But, you know, I, I think when you look at it, and, you know, I think we've we spoken about this off the air in terms of like who we feel will go out of the group. I, I I think it will really I think it's really interesting the fact that you have, you know, these first two games for Argentina that in that sense, Uruguay Chile and Uruguay right off the bat. I mean and obviously depending on how this group ends, it can really mean that they get a, a tough side of the bracket, um, depending on the teams who they who they get in group B, but I just wanted to ask you how you see this group in itself and, you know, who you feel is more factored or, or really more motivated, especially from you seeing these last World Cup qualifiers.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. You know, I was looking back at the notes on these World Cup qualifiers and and to see Argentina stumble a little bit, uh, especially in their last match, you know, basically dropping the points in stoppage time. Uh, I think they have something to prove here. And and Roy brings up a great a great point about the pressure on Messi. Win or lose, like Roy said, Messi could score five goals, lose 6-5, and the pressure will still be on his shoulders. So I, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of pressure to win this group for Argentina. Um, the group sets up so that Uruguay is really the biggest challenger of the other teams. Um, they're going to have tough times against Paraguay. They're going to have a tough time against an experienced Chile, um, Chile who's won two of the last three uh, Copa Americas. So there's going to be challenges there. I think that the Bolivian spot is going to be an easier spot, but it could be something that they overlook and maybe stumble. It could be a potential banana skin, but I think Argentina is looking to win this group and move on and, and maybe even do it with a little force. Kind, I think for people to be satisfied with Argentina's, progression in this tournament they're going to need to do this with with a massive goal differential do you know what i mean it's it's going to have to be something that either they're going to really have to impress defensively or they're going to have to score a lot of goals win matches three nil four nil four one and uh and and then move forward i think they're going to have to kind of flex their muscles to really let the world know that no we're here to win this and and then see how it goes from there
2: absolutely and roy that's going back into now my next question to close out this group how do you see it faring it out so obviously i wanted to ask you know who will be the top four that will qualify into this group and you know i kind of have to ask the same thing what joe said i mean do you feel that maybe this group because it's so tight because these are teams that they are no um facing off each other in terms of history and obviously in the world of qualifiers that it will probably be ultimately decided on you know goal difference or something
1: yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think it will be uh, for Argentina. You know, their last match is coming is going to be versus Bolivia, their last match in the group, and that could be at an advantage for them in terms of okay, maybe you know, on paper the the easiest team for last, so they kind of know okay, well, we have to score two goals or three goals against them to kind of secure a spot or secure top spot or something. So that could be an advantage in terms of how I see it shaping up in terms of the top four. It's it's going to be a tight one. You know, my my heart says Argentina first, but. And, and I'm going to go with that uh, just because I feel that we have been playing well recently. Argentina has been playing well. They just haven't been able to close matches, uh, to close them down. I'm, I'm going to go with Argentina first. Um, Uruguay, I think, has too much talent not to, not to finish second. I have Paraguay third and, and Chile fourth. I Personally, I haven't been impressed with Chile uh, in the past two matches. I watched the World Cup qualifiers. I wasn't impressed. Despite the fact that they drew versus Argentina, I thought... You know had it not been for Claudio Bravo I thought they would have lost that match by at least two or three goals so my top four are Argentina Uruguay Paraguay and uh, I got Chile as uh, as fourth
0: you know Roy I, w- I would agree with you in that as well I think uh, for me if, if you could actually interchange Argentina and Uruguay for me and it wouldn't shock me at the end of the day if they were both tied on points um, I think Paraguay will finish third to those teams and Chile will finish fourth as well Roberto before we you know we go on to Group B, I'd like, you know, you have skin in the game here with Paraguay. I'd like your prediction as to the top uh, the top four here.
2: Yeah, I think it's very tight, honestly, like everyone probably agrees on. I think, you know, it wouldn't shock me if Argentina and Uruguay have the same amount of points, but you have the difference between goal difference. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Chile and Paraguay are also separated on goal difference, if they have the same points. I think I'm going to agree with Roy, though. I think Argentina and Uruguay will be that top two. I think Paraguay... You know, even if they weren't as impressive as you would imagine in the World Cup qualifiers, I think they just have a little bit more talent to just scrape past. I think obviously, you know, the um, the second, the last game against Chile will be probably that vital one that could indeed decide that that next spot. But I think you know, if they're able to get results against Argentina and Uruguay, um, obviously a convincing win against Bolivia if they have to, then I think that would be enough for them to secure that third spot. So yeah, I would say Argentina, Uruguay. Paraguay, Chile, in that order, to go to the
0: knockout stage. We'll we'll have to see if we're right in in a couple weeks. Let's move on to Group B quickly here, uh, where the host now the host Brazil are are situated in a group. uh, The northern tier, like you had said, Roberto, uh, Brazil, Colombia, Venezuela, Peru, and Ecuador. In this particular group, this group for me pans out to be you know where the the Group A. For me is bottom heavy In terms of Bolivia You almost Everyone pretty much Is sure Bolivia Is going to finish last And it's where the top Four are going to finish In this group It pans out differently It's Brazil at the top And I think everyone Agrees with that And where everybody Fills in afterwards uh, You've got uh, Raul Rui Diaz uh, Missing for Peru You've got Paulo Guerrero Missing for Peru You've got Hamas Rodriguez Missing for Colombia uh, You've got uh, You know A Brazilian side That you know Up until about Four or five days ago Was looking to protest Playing in this game They were even talking talking about maybe a, a B squad with Chiche not even being on the sidelines, maybe a B squad coach coaching a B squad side in this particular thing. That's all gone away now. So Roy, I, I'd like your your views on this particular group, especially the way things have gone. And they've broken over the past week, especially with Brazil running the tournament now, and the way the players have reacted and, and the missing pieces in this particular group, especially, you know, some pretty big names that would help out many of those countries.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I think the the obvious, th- despite the fact you know everything that happened with Brazil the past couple of days and everything, I think they're definitely a shoo-in uh, for finishing first. If if they don't finish first, for me, that's the shock of the tournament. I mean, if you were to tell me, Roy, what would be what like what would shock you the most? Brazil not finishing first in their group or Argentina actually winning it on Brazilian soil? I would tell you, no, I'd be more shocked that Brazil uh, didn't finish first in the group. Um, so for me, they're they're you know they're first. I'm actually going to go because uh, you mentioned a couple of players for Peru. I don't see Peru making it out of this group. They've been struggling. They've been so poor lately. They haven't. It's not the same Peru side, or they're not playing the same way that you know the the, the team that made it uh, to the final 2019. Gareca has not had this team going very well lately. Uh, maybe it's you know the fact that they hadn't played together for a while and everything. But if you look at it. You know, yeah, they they kind of like barely scraped through uh, through through Ecuador, but they got pummeled against Colombia. Um, so for me, I've shockingly enough, shockingly enough, for me, I'm gonna go Peru fifth. Uh, I got Venezuela as fourth, but actually, now that I say that out loud, I'm I'm not entirely sure. But uh, I'll 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 stick to my guns. I'm a man of my word. I got Peru fifth. Venezuela fourth uh Ecuador third I think Ecuador is going to have uh they'll have enough in them to to get the third and Colombia I think will be riding that high of being down 2-0 to Argentina and coming back and getting that last second equalizer I think you know that that's going to help them that's going to be the boost that they might need they finish second and, and Brazil first
0: Now I I want to jump in here quick cuz I want to ask Roberto this question cuz you and I actually talked about this this week um we talked about Ricardo Gareca in and, and his potentially being out at uh at as the head coach of Peru. This is a man that three years ago they wanted to name cities and streets after him for taking them back to the World Cup for the first time in in I think it was thirty five years. Um and and you and I, when we talked about this, you had even said that Gareca, if he drew or lost that match against Ecuador, he was probably going to get sacked before we hit the Copa America. Obviously they won the the qualifier two one, but here we are again, you know, Roy is saying you know, he's looking at Gareca possibly, you know, finishing fifth or Peru finishing fifth. What what does this mean for Peru? What does it mean for Gareca? And and what's your prediction for the group?
2: Yeah, I think you know, like Roy said, Peru have really started very poorly in World Cup qualification. Um, I think they had a lot of heart to get that comeback win in, against Ecuador in Ecuador. You know, a place that you know not a lot of teams are able to get wins in any, any case. So I think it's going to be very much a, a difficult task. But having said that. I will disagree on Roy with this. I think Peru, you know, that game will probably motivate them a bit more in terms of how they view this Copa America. You know, they want, to. you know, they made it all the way to the final. No one really expected them to be in that kind of situation against Brazil. Um, I think they have it in themselves to understand that, okay... What happened in the World Cup qualifiers happened. Now we need to view this Copa America as something that, you know, we want to repeat the plaudits of what happened two years ago. I mean, you know, it's it's a very shocking um, absence of not seeing the likes of Raul Ruiz Diaz and even Pablo Guerrero on this side. So it'll be very interesting. But then you have the likes of Lapadula, La, La you know, performing very well now for this Peru side. He might be the one that people will have to focus on. Um, yeah, I agree with Roy as well. I think if Brazil did not finish first, it would be probably the biggest shot of the tournament um, regardless if Argentina were to win it or something. So yeah, I think Brazil finished first. Um, I think when it comes to Colombia and Ecuador, I think Ecuador, you know, they have done decently well. Okay, they dropped points um, against, uh, you know, they got the two losses against Brazil and then obviously to Peru, but they have a talented side. You know, they, they really, you know, that, I think that, that starts, you know, beating teams like Ecuador and and I'm sorry, I'm beating Uruguay and Colombia it wasn't a fluke. I think it will be a similar situation to what we see in Group A. I think this will probably go up to goal difference. Colombia, yes, they have done performably very well now under new manager Reynaldo Um, But it's honestly, I think it's a coin toss. I think it's a coin toss between Colombia and Ecuador. And I'm, you know, all these tournaments like to have some shocks. I, I I'd like to put mine out there if I have to. I would say Brazil finish first. Hands down, I, I think they win all their games, even more, even more um, convincingly. So I think that would be my bold prediction. I'm gonna say Ecuador second, Colombia third, and I think in Venezuela are a very talented side, but you just don't know what to expect with the Jose Pesedo in the side. It, you don't. It's it's very much um, sad to see because I, I really want to see this Venezuela side perform very well after everything that they've gone through as a country. I Think Peru will just edge them out a bit. Um, so yeah, I, I think this group, aside from Brazil winning it convincingly, um, I think will be really differ- differentiated by goals difference. So I'll say Brazil first, Ecuador second, Colombia third, Venezuela fourth.
0: So so oh, sorry, uh,
2: Peru, Peru fourth. My fault.
0: Peru fourth. Um, I'm sorry. Who was fifth then? Uh, Venezuela. Venezuela, thank you. Um, so, I, I, you know, Roy, I'm going to come back to you quick because I want to look at this Columbia side a little bit more. Uh, they they are pretty well experienced. You've got guys like Davidson Sanchez um, who's uh, 25 years old but certainly picked up a lot of uh, experience at Tottenham Hotspur. Yeri Mina and everything he's done at Everton, he's 26. You've got Juan Cuadrado, which if you watch Twitter this week, um, many of the Juventus fanboys were waxing poetic about how valuable Juan Cuadrado myself included. Um, you know, they're, they're talented. They're also still pretty young. Um, you know, they've got Luis Muriel and, and Duvan Zapata. They're 30 years old each. Um, but you'll be familiar with them because Miguel Borja, uh, who will also be on this team, scored the uh, the game-tying goal against Argentina. Uh, another young player, another another fancy player, and he's uh, 28 years old. He's not quite as young, but but certainly well-experienced. Um, how badly is this Colombia side going to miss James Rodriguez moving forward in this tournament?
1: You know what? Uh it's obviously he's been their you know one of their talisman for I guess since 2014 since the world cup and you know he obviously excelled there and and, and everything. Is he going to be a miss for sure, but I'll I'll tell you this much that Colombian side showed a lot of heart versus Argentina. Yes, a lot of things happened. Emiliano Martinez got injured for Argentina and and obviously the penalty and everything, but they never gave up. They always kept going. Uh, Cuadrado was I was impressed, you know, I watched Juventus but I was I, I couldn't believe that this is the same Cuadrado from 3 or 4 years ago. Um he was the driving force for them. And you no know, James Rodriguez was not there, but Cuadrado was there. Um and if you look at their, you know, their their center back pairings, they're it's a wall. They're they're so strong, they're so physical and if you're going to try and go through them through the middle, it's not going to be that easy and obviously they have Ospina who on his day is Incredible, uh, literally one of the best goalkeepers in South America. Um, so, and, and they have enough talent up front. They really, really have enough talent up front. I mean, if you look at you know Zapata and, and Muriel, these are two guys that play together at Atalanta, and they could, you know, they have that chemistry together. And them, if you throw in Cuadrado and even the midfield, you know, it, it's gone to the point I think with, with Rodriguez where he's more of a big name than the actual talent. Uh, He started off very well with Everton at the start of the season, absolutely, but he kind of faded as the season went on, and at the end of the day, I think there's a big, big reason why he was not selected for Colombia. There has to be a reason, right, and more than just, oh, fitness, because if it was just fitness, Rodriguez had, what, a week, two weeks to get into form? Yes, he might not be ready for the first match or even the second match, but... He's someone that has enough experience and enough talent to make that difference. And the fact that he was left off the team, off the squad, for me, just shows that they're a confident team. They think they don't need him or they believe they don't need him. And to a certain extent, they showed it recently in the qualifiers. I mean, they showed that, hey, we don't really need Rodriguez, right? They got the 2-2 draw versus Argentina. They got the 3-0 win um, before against, uh, I it was against Peru. So they, they showed they're, they're on a high. They're on a high, and I don't think they, they need him as much as some people think they do.
0: Right No, I, I I agree with you, and I think this this Columbia side, even without Hamas Rodriguez, is is very very dangerous. Uh, they're going to be tricky to to match up against. So we, we've obviously all agreed that we think Argentina is going to win Group A. We think Brazil is going to win Group B. Is Roy? I'm actually no Roberto. I'm going to go to you first with this question because I, I'd like your sure. opinion. Um, with those two winning the group, at least that's how we see it moving forward. Is that your final for the Copa America, and who's your winner?
2: I mean, look, it, it will have to be a lot. There would have to be a lot of factors going in. I think I do see that as my final. Um, and, you know, as much as I'm sure all of us here would like to see Lionel Messi win a trophy for Argentina, you know, I think that's something that kind of, you know. Obviously, the, the long time debate of like who's better, that kind of thing. Whatever. Um, at least there, it could be a bit silenced. Then, Roy. I mean, come on. Let's be fair. If, if for Argentina to win a title, and they were very close to uh, doing that seven years, ago, so, yeah, seven years ago in Brazil for the World Cup, they're able to win the Copa America there. I mean, after everything that had been going through, it would be especially after two years ago, the whole revenge that, you know, the kind of discussion that Messi had against Comebol, it would be sweet. It would be as sweet as winning that World Cup in a way. But having said that, I think this Brazil side is very, very talented. I mean, Chichi has gotten this side really working hard. You know, obviously six wins in their first six games in the World Cup qualifiers is very impressive. Um, And having said that, to lose in Brazil, okay, it's only been done, you know, for teams like the Netherlands and in Germany a few years ago as well. But against these South American sides on home soil, it would be very difficult to go against them. So I think Brazil will be back-to-back champions uh, once again on home soil.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, Roy. Uh... Yeah, Roy, your 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 response.
1: Uh, unfortunately and i i say unfortunately not because i don't like you but you know i like you but unfortunately <laughs> i have to agree with you um <laughs> i think uh, i think brazil wins this uh, pretty pretty easily as well um you know i said it earlier i don't think there's a single team in south america except for brazil that's consistently playing well uh, i think every team has had its ups and downs brazil is on a high has been on a high despite everything that's happened off the pitch um you know, it's it's yes. Would it be sweeter now to to win the Copa America, considering what happened two years ago? Would it be sweeter now, as opposed to winning the World Cup in 2014? Uh, I, I'm not quite sure about that. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not quite sure because for me, you know, the, the World Cup is the the holy grail, so to speak. But I, I definitely would never ever say no to winning a Copa America, especially in Brazil. Um, but I, I think it has to be Brazil that that wins it. The only way I could honestly see Brazil losing is if this somehow, like they somehow face a team and it goes to penalty kicks and then, you know, something happens and they lose. Other than that, I, I don't see it happening. I, I think Brazil wins it. The final, I mean, I'm going to go with my heart. Uh, um, forget my brain. I'm not using my brain at all. I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to say Brazil-Argentina in the final for yet another uh, Argentine heartbreak. But I will say this, if Argentina somehow pull this off, pull off the miracle, for me, the miracle of the century and actually win uh, the Copa America in Brazil at the Maracanã, uh, for me, they're two-time Copa America champions. I'm counting 2000, the 2020 edition that was supposed to be held last year and this year. For me, it's going to be back-to-back champions. I don't care what anyone says, even though that makes no sense. Um, I'm just going to be super hyped. But uh, no, it's I, I'd love, obviously, nothing more than to see Argentina win it. But the, there's too much firepower in Brazil, plus the fact that it's being held in Brazil. And if we're going to get a little bit, um, let's, how, how could I put this kind of, uh, not played on the pitch. You know, I think Brazil kind of wanted some guarantees with the federation or wink, wink with the referees in terms of, well, if we're going to host the Copa America, we're, we're going to win it. So I'm guessing they're going to get a couple of favorable calls going their way. Not that they'll need it anyways.
0: All right. So let, let me ask you this. What's more likely a Brazil, um, uh copa america victory or a neymar injury that might lead to an uh an, an argentinian win uh and i know look, you're not I, I know you're not wishing neymar to get injured or anything like that but you know somewhere there's there's a prayer being said somewhere that that happens so well, yeah what are your thoughts i,
1: I look I, i'm not saying i don't want neymar to get injured i'm just saying if neymar could you know, if there's a match and it's Brazil, Argentina, and Neymar, if there's a way for Neymar to get injured, hey, I, I would kind of be in favor for that. I won't lie. I, I'm not going to lie and tell you I don't want Neymar to get Of course I want Neymar to get injured. I have a match I don't care. Anything
2: to win, anything to win though. That's
0: right. the thing.
1: Anything to win. Do you think I care about Brazil? you think I care about Neymar? Uh, 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 this, this, no, 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 no. All, All's fair in love and war. <laughs> no, but, uh, but what's the most likeliest to happen? Honestly, I, Brazil, Brazil winning it. <laughs> Anything other than a Brazil win would be just an absolute shocker for me. Mm. Shocker for me. It's, um, there, there's no way they, they don't win this.
0: Gentlemen, I, I agree with you both. I, I do think Brazil's going to win this. I don't think any of the other South American teams are talented enough to to knock off Brazil right now especially the way they're playing and Roberto like you said six wins and six uh qualifiers so far i know the only other unbeaten side is argentina at 3 wins 3 draws but you know giving up the the late goals to colombia is is concerning and and again like we've all said that we think brazil is the strongest side here um but this might be the absolute best closing to a podcast we've ever had uh you know, wishing Neymar injured. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it gets any better. Than I hope that, he doesn't so. listen to this. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll never have him on if he does. So, um, so, gentlemen, I, I I do agree with you. And the tournament kicks off this this Sunday, June thirteenth, um, in Brazil. As we said, the uh, the opening match of the Copa America twenty. 20- uh, 20 or 2021 depending on how you want to look at it is going to be brazil venezuela that's going to kick off at 5 p.m eastern on sunday evening um so definitely with with the euros and, and the copa america kicking off starting off our great final return to summer international football that we've all been longing for so gentlemen i want to thank you both for joining me and helping me break down the Copa America for 2020 slash 2021. So for Roy Neymar from Mundo Albi Celeste and for Mr. Roberto Rojas, I am your host, Joe Ucello. Thanks for listening, everyone, and good night.